0: The first thing that you have to do is validate yourself. I feel like that's the most important thing. Know your words, know your limits. That are, okay, this is how far that I can go. The people are like, Oh, maybe try this and try this, but you know yourself better than anyone.
1: I see the world before me, I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me, I know what changes coming. I hear the world is falling, so I keep my head off the ground. Every day. We break every day. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We're breaking through
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Barrier Breakers Corner, where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I'm your host, Esme Anab, here today with our guest, Sarah Ukon. She is a writer and author living in Gambia, and we're excited to have her. Sarah, could you please introduce yourself?
0: Hello. Thank you, Esme. Yes, you're going to write. I'm a writer in Gambia. My name is Sarah. I'm 21 years old, and I really enjoy
2: writing. And yeah, thank you. Awesome. I'm glad to hear like you're so young and you're passionate about writing. Can you expand more on like how you got more into writing or is this something you're doing when you're little? Or how did you come about it? To be
0: honest, I don't really know. <laughs> I started too young when I'm reading novels. Just very adult content novels. And I would read a lot because I really enjoyed reading. And I didn't think that I would become a writer or have the desire to write. I just read because it was a form of escape for me. I loved the reality or the fantasy that reading put me in. It was such a beautiful experience. So yes, I would read and read and read. And I think it's when I started because I think I wrote something when I was in grade 7. And it was very dumb. I Actually, if I go back and read, I'd laugh at myself. But yeah, I think I did that for fun, mostly. And I just was like, yeah, this is not going to see the light of day. It has to be burned. <laughs> yeah, so after that, I was like, yeah, we can forget about this. But every time I would have an exam, I always chose essay. So we did writing, so I mean English, we did write uh, English. So I was always choosing to write essays, write essays. They could debate letter writing. I'm always choosing essays because you writing, no thank you. Because you know letter writing was so I hated how they would say oh formal, formal letter and annoy doing it and debate. Oh goodness, I hated debate. So I always chose essays. And there's one time my literature teacher, Missus Lan Lokun, she said, "Sarah, you're really such a good writer. Do you want to expand on this?" And I never actually like gave it a thought. I was like, and like if my, if my literature was is telling this to me, then maybe there's something in it. I don't know. But yeah, I think I never really took it seriously at that point. But then I started writing for real. I don't know how it happened. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, huh, I don't really know how it started. I just started writing. First, I started to write short stories because I really love short stories. I to write short stories. I'd share it with my sisters. And they'd be like, oh, this is so good. It's like, huh, oh, it's just because you're my sister. That's why. I started to write short stories. And then I wrote a novel. I don't even know how that happened.
2: Honestly, I don't, but that's what happened. That's awesome. That's like a gift you have. Oh, thank you. I feel like a lot of people, they don't realize like how good they are at something. And even though the people around them will tell them, oh, this is great. Like, it's hard for you to believe it because it's coming out of people within your own circle. You don't know the depths of your worth until you expand on it. So it's very good that you're growing on what you've been doing so far. Mm, Thank you what inspires you when you write about romance? It's like your personal life, like what you've watched on TV or like what? When I was younger, I used to watch a lot of telenovelas. novellas. I feel like those things really messed me up. <laughs> and
0: I'm also reading novels, lots of novels from Barbara Deliski to Daniel Steele. I was just reading, reading and I really loved the concept of love. And I was like, oh, this is cute. Like I want that in my life. So But if you, some of my stories are basically mostly inspired from my love stories, like actual real life stories. So yes, I think
2: I took it from both Based, I'm not exactly sure, but yes, I think that's it. Okay, that's cool. So when it comes to writing, like, what is your artistic process or do you have one? Some people like to sit down and think about it and then they're like, okay, this is what I'm going to write about. And some people are like. So planster, plotter, planster. I think that's what you mean. Because you have a group of writers that are called plotters. They plot
0: the story and everything. I'm not like that. Oh my gosh. If I do that, my mind becomes blank. If I say, oh my God, I'm sitting there and I'm going to plot what's going to happen next and next. I literally will go blank. I'm like, oh wow. Yeah, we can't do this anymore. We're just going to have to wing it. So yeah, I, I mostly wing it. Most of my stories just wing it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I'm writing. And then I swear I would say, okay, I'm doing this. But then it's like my characters, they have a mind of their own and they're just doing whatever. And um, that's what happens. It ends and I'm like, this is not what I wanted, but wow,
2: I love you. Okay, that's great. Like, I wish I could come up with random stories. On your social media page, it said that you also do book reviews. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Okay, so I do two. First of all, I just write
0: reviews of books that I have actually read. Couldn't move. I think I just had a marathon just reading her books because I loved her books. But then I came out of a fourth book that I didn't like. And I mean, I just stopped reading her books altogether. But I will get back on it that's what I mean. Write reviews on books that I've read that I think are good or I think are horrible. But on Wattpad I also have a book review. It's called Minus 30. And I basically just ask people, if you want your book to be reviewed, just come over and I will review your book. And I'm not nice about it. I'm actually very mean <laughs> when I review this book on OnePad because really, OnePad has like a lot of, you know, steaming pile of disappointment in there. So I'm like, huh, you feel like your book is great or you think you need help just bring it over? And I'm not nice about <laughs> I'm not nice about know. I'm actually pretty brutal. It's funny. And the way I speak and talk, it's very funny. I make sure oh, this is this is also going to cause humor. But I'm also being very blunt and very, very brutal about what I think about your book. My reviews are based on first impressions. Like I want the writer to know this is what a reader thinks about my book the first
2: time that they see it. So yeah, that's my I do. I enjoy it actually. What in particular are you looking for like when you make your reviews? First off, I think it's
0: helping me too, in a way, because there's some writers, I see issues in their stories that I see in mine. For instance, mixed tenses. We have a lot of writers who like, on one part, they mix their tenses. You want to start writing in past tense, but then over the span of your story, you start to change the perspective and suddenly you're writing in present tense. So that confuses the readers. I have that problem too. So when I see that point down, like, yeah, this is a problem. I mean, I get it because I do the same thing, but yeah. I feel like it helps me too. And sometimes when I get stuck when I want to write, I just go read other people's books. Like, okay, I am actually should write because this is giving me motivation to write. So yeah, I think that's about it. I also feel like, yeah, helping other people, even though it's like in a very, very mean way. I feel like I'm doing something good because most people on Wattpad, when you read the comments their readers give them, honestly, I was just reviewing this person's book and this comment, this girl was saying, oh, this is so nice. I wish this, I know, this is rubbish. People are not telling you the truth. I'm like, this is why you need me. I would be very, very honest. Because there are people that are there and they are just fancy. Yes, I think that's the word. So yeah, they're always just watching up to them. Like, you need someone that's going to be honest. Because you need to work on your stuff. If you're not really good at something, you can't remain that way. If you want to be better, then you have to have like constructive criticism. With no mind, like, we don't even control criticism in the way I'm helping them because you have a lot of people on there that are really just blindly following what the readers are telling them because it's either they're lying or they don't know better. So I put it out there. I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying I'm better writer than you. I'm just saying I know a few things here
2: that could help you with your writing style and, you know, your writing journey. I feel like we all need someone to be upfront and honest with us instead of like sugarcoating things, especially when it comes to like being better at something you're passionate about and writing and improving on who you are. So how do you approach criticism of others towards what you've been writing? Goodness, I'm very sore. I don't take it
0: well. Goodness, I'm like, huh? Is that what you really think? Oh my God. Especially when it comes like, out of the blue. That's one thing that I like about social media. If you, and somebody someone saying something horrible about your book, you don't have to reply immediately. You can just take, mm-hmm. let's say a day off, just thinking about and then you come back and then you give a proper reply. Like did someone came on my book, I didn't even ask the person. She just came was like, oh, this is an issue of your is this and this and that. And I was like, oh. she really spammed my first chapter with her comments. I was like, how dare this person? So I had to take a step back. I went, okay, this is actually helping me. These things mm-hmm. that she's pointed out, they're true is it honest yes an honest review did I ask for it no but is it helping me so I basically had to keep the whole day if I actually replied I never got a reply from her, by the way when I sent her a message (laughs) I was like thank you for that she never replied to me I feel like I'm still so over it or bitter over it but yeah I see it helped me her review or her comments even though I didn't ask for them they helped me I don't take criticism well I do not it's so funny because I can give criticism I overflow, <laughs> and then when I give the criticism. But when I, well, I do not, I keep working on that because at some point, obviously I know that there are things that I have to improve on and I can't do that if I just want to sit down and dwell on, oh, this is the good things. So but yeah, there's always some bad things that you need to improve on. So yeah, it took me, I think the whole day, but then I thanked her in the end. That's good. But I feel like it would be a difference if it was in person. Oh my God, wow. I can't even imagine how that would have turned out.
2: Well, thank God for social media. <laughs> Yeah, thank God. So you can take your time. I feel like that's human nature. So I have a hard time receiving criticism because you're realizing, oh, I'm messing up in some weird area of form. And it's just hard for you to internalize that and realize I need to work on something. Yeah, that's true. Where do you see your career in writing taking you? Like what do you hope to accomplish with it? I want to be a best-selling author.
0: Awesome! I really, really do. I think that's basically really where I aim. I have all my friends and my boyfriend it's like, oh goodness, your writing is so good. I'm really believing you. You're a star. Like, yeah. What if you're saying this because you're my boyfriend? Or, what if you're saying this because you're my best friend? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that I'm a good writer, and I really see myself becoming this best-selling author. Thing. I just feel like there's still a
2: lot I need to work on before I get there. I don't want to put all my egg in one basket. That's fair. So is law your interest outside of writing? It worked. When I was four, I really wanted to be a lawyer. I remember when I was four, I was, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer.
0: Mm-hmm. Then I'm actually lost. For like, what was I thinking? Oh, goodness, thanks a lot. There is a lot. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of, oh, I hate the citing. You know, like always with reference, citing. The reading is not a problem, but I feel like I only do so when I have to. When the class is done, I don't go back. I read my books. Who knows that? I mean, I those are, I'm happy for you. I'm not bad for you, but I don't do that. When I come back home, I either have tours or I'm watching movies. Yep. I love love. I feel like I just love watching it on TV instead of actually, you know, doing it in real life. Things, two really different things. Two different things. One is beautiful. The other is the headache. How far are you in your education so far? I'm in fourth year law school, which is the final year in university. I should be done next year, probably May, though bachelor's degree in law so
2: that'd be great to be you know have around what type of law do you want to do
0: oh yeah i love criminal law i think when we we're doing the course although i had a c yeah i had a c i was like nah <laughs> but yeah it was such a beautiful course i loved everything that i learned there and i was like okay i really love this course i really would want to specialize in it because it's so great there's so many holes and just the critical thinking, the process works, the way the proceedings go. It's very, very interesting. I really enjoyed the course. I feel like, yeah, I think i have been there for everything, but I really love criminal law. That would be one thing that I want to specialize in. But I have my friends take criminal law the inside a lot of money. Like you can only have a lot of money as a law, corporate law. But I hate anything that has to do with business. Like I literally run away. So I don't think I want... Um, <laughs> I don't think that's like calling corporate law. I don't know for sure. Well, yeah, I knew really lost was criminal law, so that's that.
2: How do you balance the idea of doing something because you love it versus the money that comes from it? It's... Oof, that's a good question. Do we have to balance it? Why can't it just be the same thing? <laughs> right. I wish it could be that easy, but the world doesn't work that way. Yeah.
0: It doesn't like you can love something, but if it doesn't bring enough money, like the money that you need, then you're going to have to make do and not by just sticking to what you're doing, you have to find something else that you have to do because life is not easy like that. It's not. (laughs) It's not. I can love this thing where it doesn't give me enough revenue. So I need to now do
2: something that I don't love in order to get that revenue. It's bad. Right. I'm just trying to figure it. Maybe I feel like what you're doing to the side and having your writing and then while you're also in law school trying to figure out what specific job you would like to go into with that. It's like your way of finding a balance. That's true.
0: Because I could say, oh, I want to be a writer. I want to be this. I want to be that. It's never that easy. I could get my manuscript into a publishing company and they reject me. And then what am I going to do? So I need something on Yeah, I may want this, but what if it's not something that's going to help me? It's so lot going to always go well. There
2: should always be a plan B. But I have still plan plan to work. Oh my gosh, what Have you been networking with someone or like people you've known who publish books? No, not really. I have not. When I finished high school, I was offered a job
0: at a writing company. They paid really well. I basically would write uh, stuff for another company, articles for other companies. And it was really good. But yeah, I never really looked for a publishing company. I was like, oh, well, can you check this book out? See if you like it. And I've never done that. I think it has something to do with fear. But my book is on one pad. I published it there. Online time got for online publishing. <laughs> I really want it to be a cover published book. But yeah, I feel like that's going to take time. And it also takes money to hammer right now. So I feel like we're just going to have to make do with the online
2: publishing. What advice would you give an aspiring writer? Well, first of all, read a lot of books. That helps. Read a lot of books and it should be books that you
0: want to write because, you know, they have like different genres. They have fantasy, sci-fi, dystopian, which is basically like sci-fi, but not really. And then there's romance, there's horror, there's humor, there's lit, there's paranormal and all of that. So, yeah, if you want to become a paranormal writer, you have to read paranormal books. So that you know this your scope of writing, so that you know you get better at writing. And then there's always having to practice all the time. You know how people are like, you have to wait for the inspiration to write? That's wrong. If I waited for the inspiration to write, I'd still i not have published a book. The i would just be there. So too. Seriously. So yeah, you have to push yourself. Basically just write. That's just the thing, right? You don't have to wait for the feeling or until you have an idea. Just sit a drum in front of your computer and just write. Is there something you would
2: advise against
0: when it comes to writing? Mm-hmm. I should be able to answer this. <laughs> I should be able to answer this off the bat. i never have to think about it. Because there are a lot of red flags when it comes to this. Because you have like, especially when you go on Instagram, they have people that are giving you bad advice on Instagram that I really shouldn't be following. But yeah, I can't think of one right now. Yeah, it's not coming.
2: <laughs> I was just curious to know, but I'm also wondering, how do you feel about the cliche rom-com stories that are very like, you know how the story's going to end within five minutes of reading? it? Girl, where do I start? I hate them. But I can't say that
0: because my book is kind of like that. My book is kind of like that. So I can't say that, but I hate them. Cliché, oh my gosh. I'm always like, yeah, you know, I'm just like, okay, wait, let's see if something can be born out of this. Because the first, you just read the blurb and you're like, okay, I know how this is going to end. And I think what would make someone read it is because you know this is how it's going to end, but you don't know how. right? Yeah. And that's what probably would compel someone to read. I've never liked books that I can predict. Mm-mm. Never. I'm the same way. But at the same time, I think it's the execution that matters. It's the execution that matters. You can have a great plot or the most cliche plot ever. It's this great plot. If you don't execute it well, your book is trash. It's literally rubbish. Like it's not going to be nice. You can have this really great idea, but your execution is poor. Yeah, horrible book. But if you have a cliche idea, it's completely cliche. If you are able to execute it very well, then, yeah, it's going to be a banger. <laughs> I think the execution
2: matters, actually. I know a lot of people who just love reading the same thing over and over again. I'm like, I don't know how I could do that. Good for them. It gets, oh, that's why I read every journal, legit. That's no journal that I have not read. So, kind of going back into your journey into writing, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? One of my main
0: issues was just rushing into everything oof, I don't know what was on me. But yeah, I'd love to rush into things, rush into relationships, rush in. like, it Like, no sense of how I was acting before. Everything basically takes time. You can't be wanting to rush into things. Some things, they come to you. Some things, you have to wait. But yeah, when I was being, you know, part of that, friend, I was like, yeah, okay, this us not do this, so I should do it too. And we're friends. Yeah, nope, wrong idea. wrong this weekend. So yeah, it really it put me in a lot of trouble. I think that I'm I'm really glad to have grown as a person. And I, you know, look at this mistake and I laugh. I'm like, yeah, I should not have done that. But now I know better. So yeah, basically rushing into relationships, that was a problem for me. I ended up not making eh, the best examples. (laughs) But yeah, I think that that has helped me for now. And that's great. As for writing, I think everything went well with writing because writing, you can always improve, always. Like before, like I said, if I was to read a book that I wrote when I was nine, I would laugh and be cringed. I think I had a diary because I used to write in diaries. I think I, remember when I was 9 or 12. Yeah, I was reading it. I was like, are you really even a human being? Who writes like this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like all of that, it takes time to grow
2: into. You read a lot, you write a lot, you just practice and then you grow into the writer that you want to become. I was wondering also, when you're talking about rushing into things, why do you think people rush into relationships so that the younger audience who may be listening to this can like learn from this? Okay, first, I think it's peer pressure. It doesn't even
0: necessarily have to be peer pressure. I think it's the desire to be seen and recognized. You can have friends that are all doing this and you like want to be a part of that or you don't want to be seen as a, like let's say, a wallflower and they're like, okay, you're young. You can be, get to do things when you're young, so you don't want to miss that phase. And you grow old, and you're like, I wish I had done this when I was younger. Now I regret it. But yeah, I think those are the thoughts that in vain young people's minds, and they're like, oh, I need to do it now. Now is the best time. <laughs> but um, just because you can do something now doesn't mean you have to. I have the power to do it now, but doesn't mean you have to. It doesn't mean you should do it. If you're not ready, you're not ready. Nothing is going to make you ready. Not your friend's relationship, not the books that you're reading. Yeah, nothing is going to make you ready until you are. And even how you need a complex situation. But if you are not ready to get into relationships, just don't do it. Don't do it because my friend is doing it or because you feel like you want to be recognized or you want to try things now before you grow up. That's not the best. That's just like a walk to the pastor because they're not helping yourself in any way. 15 year old what are you doing in their relationship huh you don't even know yourself though
2: <laughs> 15. Right.
0: there's a lot to learn before you nah every time I watch movies and I see 15 years 16 years they're in a relationship I'm like huh what <laughs> did you know about yourself you don't even know yourself and you want to be in a relationship with someone else you know the kind of uh, the commitment their relationship it's just it's a lot social media doesn't help either
2: I personally, in high school, I would see a group of friends dating within their group just because someone had to be dating someone. It was just this peer pressure. We were so young. I'm like, why do you want to date? And you don't even know what you're doing. You just want to hold someone's hand and say, I'm dating so-and-so.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think it's because, you know, you watch it in movies, they're nice. They have this warmth and this glow and this, oh, this is love. This is gorgeous. And I want to have this. But it's not always this way. It tests your sanity. Yeah, I've said that. I'm like, wait, it shouldn't be something young people get into at all. I wouldn't recommend.
2: So would you say getting to know yourself as an individual, how do you know when you actually know yourself in order to like get into a relationship? Oh, goodness. I feel like it's doing mistakes.
0: I like the mistakes that I've made before when I realized, OK, I've actually learned from this mistake. And I'm like, oh, yeah. OK, so this part of the spectrum I'm good at. Now I know better and now I could be better if the same situation, you know, showed itself or something. So, yes, I think it's not about just sitting and zooming or creating a scenario in your head because people do that. They're like, oh, if I was in this situation. Well, you're not. You're not. For me, it was the mistakes that I made before that I've learned from that I realized, okay, I'm good to go. I feel like it's up for different people. It's not going to be the same thing for you. It's not going to be the same thing for Mommy Joyce over there. And <laughs> it's going to be different from how you tell or how you're able to figure out if you're ready for something. It's different for other people. Yeah, I had to learn from my mistakes and realize, okay,
2: I'm actually learning from there. What would you like people listening to this podcast to receive from your story your background, your journey into writing? It took a lot of practice. I don't know, I'm still not even where I
0: want to be. What I really want people to, especially from my story, because my story it's a fake relationship truth. I feel like I navigated it in a way that will not seem very obvious. We'll see how people feel about there is an idea that I'd like to give to people, especially when it comes to romance, because I feel like, you know, we have different concepts of romance. I think what I want is to believe in yourself because people say that a lot, but there's a lot of things that come into act. It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with because there are some obstacles that one will have to overcome when it comes to trying to be this person because you have people that are telling you, oh, this is who you are and you're great and you whatever. But if you don't believe that, then it's not going to be easy for you. It's not. The first thing that you have to do is validate yourself. I feel like that's the most important thing. Know your worst, know your limits. That are, okay, this is how far that I can go. The people are like, oh, maybe try this and try this, but you know yourself better than anyone. So if this is something that you can't do, then you know it. You have to admit it. There's just some things that you're not gonna be able to do and there's something that you can do. And that is something that you're gonna have to just accept. Also, I'm gonna say this: life is hard. There's always gonna be times when when you're overwhelmed and you're just devastated by the way things are going. Because things are not going the way you want. And you're like, wow, why? Why me? Why is this happening? At that point in time, what someone will do in that situation, it has helped me. I need to, you know, just accept the things that you can't control. You have to say, okay, I can't control what's happening right now, but what can I do? Just accept the fact that, oh, I can't control this and work on things that you can control, which is yourself. You can control the way you behave in the situation and control the way you act and all of that. So yeah, those are the things that you have to focus on in a situation that you actually have no control over. And yeah, count your blessing. That also helps because I can just and be like, ah, this day was horrible. But at least I didn't die. I'm always thinking about the worst case scenario in situations. I'm like, oh, let's say, oh, I lost my money. and I had to go to school and I lost the money. And did you think of the worst case scenario. I'd be like, yeah, at least I didn't lose all my money. So I tell myself, it could be worse. This is not the worst that could happen you're fine you're fine you been better so yeah that's what I do I think it's because I'm a pessimist <laughs> so what I do is just imagine the worst case scenario like yet least that's not what happened and then I'm fine it's going to work differently for other
2: people but yeah, yeah. be grateful for the little things yeah yeah they really are important Well, it was great getting to know you, Sarah. I wanted to ask you to let others know where they can get to read your novels, where to look, maybe your Instagram handle. My Instagram handle is misswip
0: underscore. There's a link in my bio that will take you directly to Wattpad. That's where my books are. Both my books. Because I have a romance novel called Scandal. And then I have the short story collections called Tales from a Jaded Writer. And the link can be found on my bio on um, Instagram. Username Missweep underscore. If you have like um, Wattpad, then all you need to type is Ray Duke. That's my username, capital R A, then small letters A-Y, then capital D, then small letters U-K-E. Ray Duke. It will just take you to my profile. And the books are there.
2: Awesome. Okay, so you guys check out her novels and her writing. That's all I have for today. And thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today.
1: Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breaker's Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information please email all questions suggestions and compliments to the Bbbkana podcast at gmail.com the barrier Breakers Corner podcast is produced by the podcast laundry production company and executive produced by Joyce donkor the podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy official in Begandia, West Africa Cause they can hold-